0: Should I start my timer now, or should I start my timer when we actually start the show?
1: I think you start it now.
0: Mm. Daniel counts the pre-show in his his hour cutoff.
1: Yeah, I, I do. Mm-hmm. You go over. We're just. I'm just going to cut it off. I'm just going to stop the recording. Man,
0: you just. Why are you trying to put me in a box, Daniel? <laughs> We've been doing this for a whole year, mm-hmm. and just you just keep you just keep. Putting a cap on it. Oh, you stopping We've mate?
1: already made people listen to you talk about cameras for 52 hours. I mean, I don't, you know, I want to try and, try and keep it limited a little bit. We can't have it be 53 hours.
0: Jeez. Oh, so. I just, just think about all the extra camera gear talk that we could have if maybe, maybe if we went like 15 minutes over.
1: Yeah. I mean, it would really add up, right? It sure would. It'd be I mean, like an extra hour a month. Yeah. That's like bonus content. <laughs> Indeed. If there's- Maybe people would pay for that.
0: There, no. No, Daniel. If there's anything <laughs> that I know that people love, it's free bonus content.
1: I mean, you're not wrong. That's what I'm Anything here for. That's free, what I'm here for. That's what that's what you're here for. Yeah,
0: the free bonus content.
1: <laughs> the free bonus content that you were going to create.
0: Yes. Yeah. <laughs> I am our number one fan.
1: <laughs> now that I do believe,
0: <laughs> that feels weirdly selfish. Anyways, okay, Daniel, I bought a new a new bag.
1: Yeah, you did.
0: I got a, I got another peak design bag. <laughs> Shocking can't help myself. I found an I found a niche for it, and I, was, I just went for it. Mm. And I bought a six-liter sling, and I'm going to talk about that later because, as you know, there is tons of camera news for us to get to. Yes.
1: But first- You're going to talk about it later, but you're also going to talk about it now.
0: I want to talk about my innovative new use for a capture clip.
1: Okay. Because
0: the, as you know, and I'm sure everyone else knows, the fantastic Peak Design six-liter sling not sponsored has- uh, pieces of fabric on each side of the bag for you to mount their capture clip to Mm -hmm. that way you know when you take your camera out of your sling if you don't want to put it back in your sling immediately because you can use it right away you can just pop that thing onto the capture clip and it hangs on the outside of your bag that's pretty cool Mm -hmm. so what i did is i took a capture clip like Arca base and i've put it on my nalgene and now i can hang my nalgene on the outside of my bag (laughs) with the capture clip
1: and you know, since those capture clips are also Arcus Swiss compatible, that means you can mount your Nalgene on a tripod.
0: Dude, the, the world has opened up to me. The places that I can mount my Nalgene—it's
1: <laughs> getting real. It's I'm cool. so hydrated. <laughs> <laughs> if you had like a shoulder rig or something, you could mount the Nalgene on that. I mean,
0: I mean now that I have an Arcus Swiss plate on my Nalgene, which is a little niche, I know. I mean. Like the world is my oyster. Anywhere that there is an Arca base, my bo- my bottle going to be there. <laughs> I'm going to well, have a camera cage for my for my water bottle yeah, next. Yeah, yeah. I'm going to get plan. some 15 millimeter rails. <laughs> <laughs>
1: Put some hand grips on that water bottle. You know it. Yep. Have a record button just in case. It's Going to improve the performance. Yes.
0: And this thing needs USB C. Yep. <laughs>
1: <laughs> With power delivery, of course. Well, obviously. Yes. Maybe one of those uh, Samsung T5 clamps.
0: Man, if my if my Nalgene supported uh, like T5 data connection, I'd be in a pretty good spot.
1: Yeah, yeah, no yeah, kidding. Well, maybe next year's next year is Nalgene. Yep, yeah, you will have to keep your eyes peeled for some sales mm-hmm. on that one.
0: Yep, that's actually going to be the next podcast we start. It's just an Nalgene water bottle,
1: <laughs> Nalgene cast. We're really, uh, we're really building out our collection of niche podcasts. I mean, the softbox one I was kind of on board with, but I don't know about Nalgene's.
0: Okay, fine. Well, yeah. well it's, it's, it's maybe a little too. Little too off off the yeah, track maybe, for us. Maybe maybe it's
1: called like the hydration podcast. Or oh, something. that's good. We yeah. can talk about hydration gear. Yeah.
0: Okay. Yeah, I'm with you there. Yeah. yeah. Sure. Maybe we get into like camel bags. Mm-hmm. Talk about like different bladders and and which one has like maybe the platypus one supports more drops. I don't know.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Just have to try it out and see. No. Oh, yeah. You have to make some uh, way too in depth YouTube videos where you drop test all these different things. I mean, if, if there's something something people love on YouTube, it's drop tests. That's true. It's very true.
0: Mm-hmm. you drop anything. <laughs> I'd watch it. Anything. Yeah. <laughs> just n- name a thing. Watermelon? I mean, yeah. <laughs> <laughs>
1: that, that, that was about the most obvious one you could have picked. Come on. Yeah.
0: I mean, I'd be curious to see an Aldine drop from like 40 feet. Yeah. Sure. Yeah, just see what
1: happens. You know, yeah. Throw it off a parking garage, see if it survives. Head
0: penny off a skyscraper? Yeah. Yeah. I like I mean, I can't think of something that I wouldn't want to see and drop, except for like a puppy.
1: Yeah, yeah. Any any living creature, maybe. Yeah, which reminds me,
0: I wa- I finally watched that movie Babadook, and uh, spoiler alert, there's a dog murder in that movie. Oh no! And I was not prepared for dog murder, and it was it was a lot. I was like, guys, this is one this is one step too far. Yeah. I Had to cover up my dog's eyes. I was like, mm-hmm. don't don't mm-hmm. look oh it's horrible the only
1: movie where that's okay is in john wick because he more than makes up for that dog
0: i mean john wick would argue that it's not okay (laughs) (laughs) it's not okay anyway camera gear
1: (laughs) welcome back to the camera gear podcast i'm daniel and i'm lucas and we're here today to talk about the gear software and techniques we use to shoot photos and video
0: before before you get into this, just want to preface that, you know, on the day that we're recording this, I mean, this is this is iPhone day, this is GFX 100, the deuce day. Yeah,
1: this is like hot off the presses. Yeah.
0: We got G9 Mark II from Panasonic, and then there's this this Burano situation. I mean, there's a lot of news happening. Mm. So let's talk about the most important thing. Which is? I mean, it's, it's right here. Yeah.
1: Well, tell us what it is. They can't see the notes.
0: <laughs> I know it's your job. <laughs> I was, I was, I was uh-huh. lobbing, like you know, like in basketball where someone's like going to go for a shot and then they, they like give like the alley oop. That was yours, and you missed it. <laughs> totally just missed completely, it. Completely just into the into the out of bounds.
1: Mm-hmm. Right. Offsides. Right. Yeah.
0: Mm-hmm. Forced error. <laughs>
1: If you say so. <laughs> so anyway, Gerald and Dunn released these new purple USB-C cables, which we're definitely here for. Because, yeah, I'm into it. I mean, Condor Blue has had those USB-C cables that have the fabric on them. They, they sell them in blue and black, I think. And yep. now there's a purple one. From I'm Durham. pretty
0: sure there were pink ones from iJustine.
1: I think you're right. I mean, they're just all kinds of colors for those cables now.
0: Yeah, but like, I don't know. They I assume they made one this long. Four feet USB-C? 100-watt power delivery support?
1: Mm-hmm. USB 3.2 speeds? Yeah. That's the difference, actually, between the iJustine pink ones and the Gerald purple one. More power? that the pink ones are USB 3.1. And I don't know yeah. if they did the 100-watt PD. So, this seems like a newer cable, but we like Gerald, so definitely here for this.
0: Yeah. No, I'm into it. It's, it's always hard to find the right cable. Like, you never know if you grab a USB-C cable and it's like... You know, is this one 2.0 or is this one 3.1? Mm-hmm. I was copying a bunch of files between drives this weekend as I do. You know, just some casual file management. And I was using, like, the short USB-C cables that came with my T7. Mm-hmm. And I assumed that those are 3.1, but some so. of that was happening really slowly. <laughs> and I was like, did I accidentally grab a 2.0 cable? And like, there's no way to know. Yeah, But... If you just buy the purple ones, then you'll know the purple ones are 3.2. Well, that's
1: what I do with the, I have one of the blue, Condor blue ones, Mm -hmm. and I just know anytime I grab that cable, that's a good cable. Yeah. Yeah. I will say I want them to come out with some more lengths of this, and I want ones with right angle connectors. Yeah. So if you get the blue ones, you can get them in all different lengths. You can get right angle or straight or a combination. Mm -hmm. And like if you're building a camera rig or something, it's really nice to be able to get the right angle stuff. So. I was
0: really into the idea of a right angle cable and then I use it to plug into my laptop because for some reason those condor blue cable connections seem to secure better to mm. one of my drives specifically like I have one of those T7 shields and all of my cables fall out except for the condor blue one it's like the pins are better yeah. or something or mm. I don't know there's something wrong with that drive regardless like i have the right angle thing and when i go to plug it in i have to be careful like which way i orient yep. it because i have in some cases accidentally covered up like my charging port or <laughs> my sd card slot i've had that happen, and i was like oh shoot i need to get to that slot but i'm copying like 40 gigs mm-hmm. and i can't like unplug this and so i'll have to wait like two minutes
1: that's horrible that's one problem and i also feel like you have to be more careful unplugging the right angle, yeah. Because yeah. if you you know you want to you want to grab it like where the connector is, right? Because if you grab it off a little bit, then like you're, lev- you're putting leverage on the port, mm-hmm. yeah. You know? So I don't know, I I tend to put the right angle on the other side.
0: Did they say how much these things cost?
1: Uh, the cable, yeah, it's like twenty three dollars. Wow,
0: well, that seems pretty good. Yeah, that's not too bad. Yeah,
1: I mean it's pretty reasonable for what it is. So, all right, okay, good to see. Okay, but we should we should actually talk about some camera gear today because yeah, yeah. there's so much camera gear. We're not even going to get to all of it. No, I mean, like no. Canon, Canon announced RF Cinema Primes today. What? And it's like not even on our radar because there's so oh, much camera oh, gear to talk geez. about. Okay, yeah, so that's, that's on the list, but it's mm, at the bottom of the list. That's mm-hmm. probably not going to happen today. Yeah, no, that's going
0: to push. I really, really, really want to talk about the Sony Burano, but that's going to push. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Let's let's talk about what to me is the most important release today.
1: I can't imagine what that would be. <laughs> I've got no guesses. What could it possibly be, Lucas? Okay.
0: So, first of all, I know that you're going to be really tempted to call this the Fujifilm GFX 100 Mark II.
1: I am. And that's, that's exactly what from i want From what it.
0: I understand from all of the Fuji briefings that I had, which was zero, that this is supposed to be called the second. As in... <laughs>
1: <laughs> <laughs> it's very pretentious.
0: It's really bad. It's like, yeah, so this is a, the GFX 100 the second. We're just gonna call it the second for short.
1: Did did they did they say that second part?
0: I don't I'm sure that someone <laughs> said it. I've heard it from like multiple people. They're like, oh yeah, and then the second's like this and the first was like this. And I'm like, guys, I know this camera costs 7500 dollars but that is like one step too
1: bougie. Yeah, yeah, it kind of is. So before we talk about the camera itself. The second. is the second, yes. <laughs> did you get did you watch the event? Dude, I tried to watch some
0: of the event and it's like they're just tell, it's so tell, artsy. Can it's,
1: you tell me what it was like though? Because I haven't gotten to see the event.
0: So. Well, there was some of it was in German, some of it was in Japanese, and some of it was in English. Okay, which cool. There was so, a lot of focus on like we're doing it at this art house, and so it was kind of like this whole thing. I think it was in Sweden, right? It sure was. Yeah, which I don't know if any of this was in Swedish. It felt like any parts of it where they were like, "This is kind of the like the." The big takeaways we're gonna do that in English, and here's the really nerdy tech stuff we're gonna do that in Japanese. So people, because people don't really care.
1: <laughs> Interesting. Yep. This is like a like a weird like um, bilingual presentation. Mm-hmm. I was like,
0: I don't have time to read this. <laughs> I need someone to tell it to me. <laughs> Anyways, it was uh, it was a classic Fuji event. It was very. Hard to
1: watch. How much 80s techno music was there? Not enough. Not nearly mm-hmm. enough. That's a shame. Yep. I guess they, they saved that for the X series. This right, is like right. Yeah, GFX. of course. It's
0: they like, didn't mention X series at all.
1: Which is kind of surprising. I, you mm-hmm. know, Disappointing maybe a better word. I guess it's not surprising, but I was hoping you hear something. It was the GFX
0: event, right? It's like this is you know, GFX. Yeah, they GFX throwing us a bone. I mean, just a little bit. I do feel like they're in this weird spot where they say, we have this APS-C line over here. We Don't need full frame because, like, we can get those high megapixels. The sensors are have really clean performance. We compete super well in dynamic range with video. And, like, Xtrans is better for more, eh, and blah 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 blah. And micro contrast that's and the other, and smaller and more compact. And we can like design a better portable camera system, in yeah. APS C. Yep, and then they turn around and they say the GFX because it's medium format is better than full frame in every way. And now we're introducing speed to it. So it, now it's even faster than it mm-hmm. was before. And now it really competes and the images are so clean and it's so high resolution and blah, 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 blah. blah. And it's like, you're kind of making the argument for full frame against your APS-C line as you're yeah. making the argument for, for medium format over GFX, yeah. oh, sorry, over oh,
1: geez, full frame. Yep. Cause, uh, cause it's like, they're saying bigger, isn't better but then they're like, but sometimes bigger is better. <laughs> That's exactly <laughs> what they're saying. <laughs> yeah, it's kind of weird. I mean, I don't know. I, I like what they do, though. I, I think that their their line makes sense. And I think it's kind of cool and unique that instead of having APS-C and full frame, like most of the other manufacturers, they just say like, well, we're not going to have full frame, but we're going to have APS-C and GFX. And yeah, definitely. It, at least up until this release, it has very much seemed like there are major trade offs you make between those systems. And I'm not saying there aren't. There's, there still are now. I think there's a, a few blurrier lines sure. that we'll talk about uh, today. But um, I mean, it's like, I, I think that the line between their X series and the GFX series is a whole lot more defined than the line between like. Sony's APS-C cameras and their full-frame cameras as an example.
0: I really appreciate that Fuji has committed to their APS-C line. They didn't like hit the brakes and switch to
1: full frame. Well, and it's also not like it's not a budget. Like it's not like these are the entry-level cameras. Right, like they made a decision they stuck to it. But do you feel like they
0: kind of put themselves into a corner with APS-C? Do you think that they actually wanted to do wanted like you know, they they were one of the first ones to this market. Maybe you know, two thousand ten ish, two thousand eleven. I guess not for whatever. Everyone like there wasn't a lot of full frame cameras back then. Do you mm-hmm. feel like they like pushed real hard to get this stuff out, and then you know everyone else started going full frame? And do you think they wish they they did at that no, time? That's
1: a good question. I, I, I personally think what they're doing makes sense, and I think that it's smart of them to be different mm-hmm. because I think if they were trying to compete against Sony and Canon and all the other brands in that full frame battleground sure I think that would be a real uphill battle whereas now like I think Fuji has several advantages but I think one of their big advantages on is is that their cameras are smaller lighter all that stuff yeah so I don't know I maybe they do regret it I mean I'm sure there's some limitations at places on them but I also think it differentiates them in a way that's probably made them successful
0: yeah, I think that it causes them to make some of the best APS-C cameras out there which yeah. is, is
1: cool yeah definitely
0: and Okay, so like, so but, why, why are we talking
1: so much about APS-C, though? Back to the GFX. Yes.
0: Oh, like all this whole, you know, bigger, better, blah, blah, blah. One of the pieces of all that rhetoric of like, you know, why go full medium format? The thing that concerns me the most is they announced RILA, a new film simulation. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I, I told
1: you it was going to happen. We had that, we heard that rumor recently. Yeah, we did.
0: Mm-hmm. I'm super pumped about it. I'm like, this is great. More film simulations, more better. Yeah,
1: except
0: they said when they were talking about it, in the thing of like, Okay, and you know what's made it possible for us to make this film simulation and the colors and whatever is because like this. Whenever we made real or whatever, it was try to make film look like digital, and so it had to be very clean. Mm-hmm. And here's like how the silver base, blah blah blah, and the random look of it. You're able to like do that in film and etc. 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 But they basically imply that they need that 102 megapixel, super super high resolution sensor in order to get it to emulate like the grain and cleanness, quote unquote, yeah. of, of that format, which to me said, you're never going to get to use this.
1: It sure, yeah, it sure does sound that way. And and you don't know whether that's just like a marketing pitch of like, we've got this camera and look what it enables, or if that really means that it's never going to come to the other cameras, but it sure sounds like it's never going to come to the X-H2S.
0: Yeah, it's, it's never going to come. Yeah. I'm just... Yep. that's it, and like I'm sure they'll come up with some BS reason for why they can bring it to the next one, but yeah.
1: still, yeah, and it just it, it's frustrating because I mean the GFX 100 the second has the same <laughs> X processor five that's, sure that's in the XH2s mm-hmm. and it also just feels like it feels like that's crossing a Rubicon where it's like yeah. they put features in the new camera that they're not bringing back and. It's hard to imagine that there would be another feature they'd have in the new one that they that they, yeah. that they they then bring back. Like, I don't know. It feels like the the code bases have diverged. And it's I mean, fun.
0: we are obviously making assumptions. Sure. You know, there used to be the whole Kaizen thing, and you know, we're going to bring the newest stuff to the oldest thing. So, mm-hmm. like, we don't know. You know, may, maybe they're going to bring it all back yeah. to uh, X-H2S, which is really what I mostly care about.
1: <laughs> anyway, let's talk about this GFX thing, because yeah. this
0: camera is crazy.
1: Yep. So, it is, I mean... This is what the rumor was, right? Like the rumor was that it was going to be a new version of the GFX 100. Yep. That's what it is. Yep. And I, I think the specs were mostly on point. But I mean, there's clearly some nuance here that wasn't in the, in the rumors. Right. So. so basically
0: accurate, brand new 102 megapixel bare sensor. Mm-hmm. It is not stacked. It is backside illuminated. But they're pairing it with a new X-Trans 5 processor. So they're getting really good read speeds. And so you can do things like a blistering eight frame per second photo (laughs) which is apparently fast i guess (laughs) for medium format that is that is pretty stinking fast i mean we're coming from like one or two maybe on the previous version Mm
1: -hmm. i did i did see a comparison too of uh to, I guess, like the Hasselblad X2D. Sure. And the burst rate on the GFX is significantly faster than that. I think that one had a burst rate of like five or something. Right. So yeah, It's,
0: it's, it's a, good. It's a pretty big deal. They were even like, and now this is a sports camera? And I was like, guys, <laughs> let's not get carried away. <laughs> just, just hold on, okay? Yeah. This is no Z9. Just, just stop it. Yep. <laughs> anyway, but it's it is significant, though. It does feel like they kind of got over the hump with this one where the rolling shutter is now not too bad and they can say, Hey, look, here's real deal video specs. Mm -hmm. The read speed is much better. The IBIS is better. And so now, you know, things that you couldn't really do before with medium format where like you go back five years, medium format meant tripod Mm -hmm. because at 102 megapixels, the smallest little bit of handshake is going to, you're going to see it. You're going to see the blur. You're shooting at such high resolutions. And so, you know, the IBIS in the 100, the first, you know, made it possible to do some handheld stuff. And now this kind of just takes it one step further. Now you have even better read speeds. You have a better IBIS. And so like you can do more things along the lines of what you would do with a full frame, but in medium format. Yeah. I think that's pretty cool.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I mean it, and that's kind of what I was getting at when I was saying that it feels like it, uh, you know, it feels like it blurs the lines a little bit because it, you do kind of, they've, they've gotten past some of those limitations and some of those things where it's like, well, you would never pick a medium format for this. Like they've kind of moved right. past some of that stuff, which is cool to see.
0: Yeah. It, it seems like they chipped away a lot at what you would pick full frame for over medium format. And they really, they really packed this thing in. Mm-hmm. One, it's shipping at $7,500.
1: Yeah. Which is a huge, because the the previous one was at was uh, 10,000. Right. right. It was. And so that's. That's pretty stinking good. Yeah, I a, mean It's a major discount.
0: It's a really expensive camera, but they put everything in this camera. I mean, it's got it's got like an RJ forty five port on it for LAN connection for your camera to cloud. Mm-hmm. I'm like not we're not going into it.
1: Okay. <laughs> Favorite feature.
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's uh anyways. I mean like a full size HDMI, like USB C line in, line out, you know, mm-hmm. whole nine yards. Yeah. Right? Plus a battery grip that's removable. You can take the the eyepiece off.
1: Yeah. I I, did they have that on the previous one? Yeah, the EVF yeah. The EVF was removable yeah, on the previous. Yeah, so they, they have that now, too. And they also have, like, a tilting adapter you can yep. get, which is pretty neat. Pretty cool. Yeah. I saw somebody suggested
0: that they need to make an accessory so that you can just mount the EVF off to the side so that you can rig this thing out like a cinema camera.
1: <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, I'm into that. Man, you know, I want to joke about that. But at the same time, they're kind of pushing this camera as being good for some video stuff. So, like, they they probably have that in their head somewhere.
0: Okay. They had a whole segment where they brought in some people and they are like, let's talk about the cinematography and all this stuff. And they're talking about how great it is and how you have all these different options. And like you can shoot with, you know, whatever glass you want because it's, it's medium format, but it can crop down to full frame, it can mm-hmm. crop down to super 35. And they, and
1: they have a PL adapter for it.
0: Yeah. And they have a PL adapter. And so they're like, this is for shooting large format video if you want it. And like, here it is rigged out with a Cook lens and, you know, it's got, um, V-mount batteries on the back and all this sort of thing. And I'm like, well, that's a pretty cool-looking rig. How would you solve the stupid dummy battery problem? <laughs> Does it support Asus now? Yeah. Where's my F-Log2 conversion? I'm like, these people see what are talking about. Oh, they like, you get to dynamic range and the footage is so good to work with. Which, like, F-Log2 off the XH2S, I love those files because there is tons of latitude. Mm. And, like, they look so clean. They're very, very good. But whenever you work flowing with it, you have to yep. use the LUT to get to Rec. 709, or you have to like fake the transform because it's not yep. like there's no NLEs that support FLOG 2, and it's like two years on. Yeah. And so I'm just, I'm like, guys, guys, I get it. But also, like, did you fix all these stupid little basic problems well, that we've been having for it, the last year?
1: I mean, it, it's kind of goofy to compare it to a, a cinema camera because I mean, it doesn't have time code, it doesn't have XLR audio in. Like it, you know, it's missing a lot of big features that cinema cameras would have. And I mean, the problem that it has for video purposes is that it's $7,500 and you Mm -hmm. can buy some good cinema cameras for that price.
0: Daniel, uh, do you want me to list for you all of the cinema cameras that have a larger sensor than this camera?
1: (laughs) Yeah, go for it.
0: Uh, Well, there's the uh, Aerie 65.
1: Mm -hmm. I should just put in like a 10 minute silence here. (laughs) I get that, but I don't, I don't know. And, and what I wanted to say though, is that, I mean, it's missing the mark on that in some ways, but then they added some video features to this camera that really frustrate me because the X-H2S, which is legitimately a good video camera in Mm -hmm. its class, Mm -hmm. is missing these features. I'm so mad. And, and it's like, why, why did they put these on this? camera that's really not made for this purpose but they don't have them on the XH2S it doesn't make any sense
0: right it's like here's our super duper flagship camera and I think they like really wanted to push you know this can do video I think 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 for
1: 8k video right yeah
0: I mean okay the modes and everything that this thing can shoot are as confusing as a cinema camera and I think they did that on purpose
1: (laughs) It's, it's a pro feature
0: because like because you have 102 megapixels and you have like a 44 by 33 millimeter sensor however big this thing is I think that's about right. It's like, let's you know, okay. Are are you gonna shoot? You can shoot in like seventeen by nine, or you can shoot in like two point three five to one. Like I guess that's the anamorphic D squeeze, or maybe you can even just shoot that wide in like. I think you can shoot, like, 5.9K or something mm-hmm. in 2.35 to 1. Okay. Like, but as a crop office. And, like, they have all these different, like, format modes. Yeah. And depending upon which format mode you want to shoot in combined with which resolution you want changes the crop factor and, like, all of these sort of things. And so, like, mm-hmm. I, I want to come in here and say, guys, this thing can shoot 8K, 30, full res, readout, whatever, older sample. Then it's, like, the bomb, bomb to bomb. I like I have, I have no idea. I can't yeah. interpret any yeah. of this stuff. Uh,
1: even if we could, it's not something that we could describe in a few sentences. It's like they have that little tool on there. They have the product page for the mm-hmm. camera. And it has a tool on it where you can say, like, I want to use this type of lens. And it'll show you all the different crop factors oh, cool. for each one. But it's super confusing. Yeah. Like why? <laughs> I mean, I guess I know why they did it. I mean, it's it's very flexible but it's just hard to understand.
0: And that's what they're selling on this for, for video is like this thing is super, super flexible. Do you it, do you have a lens uh, coverage you want to shoot? Do you have a format you want to shoot? This thing can probably do it yeah. as long as it's not more than 60 frames per second. Yeah. And so it's like, yeah, you can shoot 8K. Yeah, you can shoot anamorphic and it will de-squeeze in camera all the way up to two times. And like it can support, you know, here's these PL mount lenses and here's our super fancy, whatever pair of something lenses.
1: Mm-hmm. What are yeah, those things called? Pre-Mista.
0: Pre-Mista. Those things are expensive. Like $30,000 lenses. <laughs> anyway, I don't know, it's, it's cool, but it's very Fuji. Like yeah. if you go look at the, the menu on any Fuji camera for video, it's like pick your pick your resolution, pick your frame rate, pick your size, pick your like data rate, pick your frame rate. And it's like- Too to many look, options, there's, honestly. There's so many options, yeah. man. And it's just like, here's
1: one more table of options that you have to contend yeah, with. That's exhausting.
0: I, I don't think anyone's ever going to be able to understand yeah. exactly what this thing can do.
1: But but it's funny because they've got some really good video features on here, software features and th- and that's that's kind of what's frustrating yeah, as yeah, an XH2S yeah. shooter. So I mean, you've got waveforms, vector scope, RGB parade, histograms. It can record ProRes either internally or to an SSD, which why why can't I do that? On my X-H2S, I mean, so...
0: External SSD recording is something that needs to come to every camera, and the fact that they dropped it on this one, I'm like, come on, guys. Yes. You got, it. You got to bring it down the line. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Yeah. They've got that one on this one, and the next camera we're going to talk about, and I'm just like, why is it on these and not on the X-H2S?
0: Yeah. And they're adding, like, the touch-to-track autofocus to video, and that sort of thing. Mm-hmm. There's just all these really cool, nice-to-have video features, like the anamorphic D squeeze that I just... It's like, come on. Yeah. Please. Please bring it down the line. And I don't know if they will.
1: Yeah, I mean, maybe they will. Like, that's kind of what I was hoping, uh, that we'd get, you know, some little hint. Right, right, yeah, that maybe, like,
0: oh, and, you know, watch out for this next announcement or something, and Mm -hmm. just nothing like that. So, I don't know. It's This camera does seem pretty stinking cool, and I think the video features are really neat to see something that's $7,500 that can shoot large-format video.
1: I, I was trying to think, and I'm curious what your thoughts are. I mean... What's the scenario where you buy this for video? I think that you're in a
0: situation where you accidentally bought a full set of those new Cook spherical lenses for yeah. $21,000. I can picture And this. they're just yeah. sitting around. And you're like, man, I sure wish I had a $7,500 Fuji camera to put these things on because that would look delicious.
1: I I don't know about that.
0: Okay, that's not really... <laughs> I think that it's it's a nice to have if you're already planning on shooting GFX and you need you know a video camera. I can't imagine somebody going straight to this yeah to me, it's like if you need like a, a dedicated video camera and your budget is seventy five hundred dollars like there's a lot of really good options out there. We talked about some used cameras. I mean you can get into like a uh, Cinealta F55 for less than that. Mm-hmm. You can get into a red Komodo either the new X or the old one. Yeah.
1: C- C70 you can find used mm-hmm. for around 5000 I mean you got a lot yeah. of options in that price range. There are a
0: number of like older red cameras. Not, maybe not. Maybe one that can even can shoot like AK on the monster or something. Like f- if you go back like four years or three years you can probably find something in this price point. Because mm-hmm. those things were well, about $20,000 or less new. So like, there's, just, there's just like lot, lots and lots of options. Would you say was like the, the C300 is probably around the surprise point? Uh, That one might be more. probably
1: more. The 200 would be in the surprise point.
0: Yeah, so like there's... there's if yeah. you're video, mm-hmm. it's like, man, there's a lot of really good options. I think that where this appeals is that it is large format. What if, and you're, so, what
1: if you're shooting on an Area 65 and you need a crash cam? That's exactly
0: what I was about to say. <laughs> <laughs> it's like if you are shooting large format and you want you want to be able to shoot wide and get that interesting wide look or you're looking for that long, you know, the large format type compression in your video, it can be weird to mix, you know, large format with, what do they call 35, is 35 millimeter is still technically large format in video? Do you call it medium format? Let's just say full frame, which is, uh, super 35. Yep. The real full frame. Yeah. Like, if you mix those together, there's a dis- there's a distinct look difference, honestly. And so, it, it, I mean, it's kind of nice. You know, here's this cheap option. You can slap your Cook PLs on there and, uh, you know, mm. run it into a building.
1: Yeah, maybe so. I mean, I don't know. I, I think there is a use case for somebody that mostly shoots on GFX, but then they want to make a YouTube video and cool. Like they've got this super expensive camera that has the latest processor. Like we might as well make that work for video so they can do that. But maybe I'm just being hopeful, but I'm kind of hoping that Fuji used this camera as a way to like prototype or build out some of those features. And I mean, those are just software things. Like I really am hoping that they'll take things like waveform, vector scope, things like that, and bring them back to other stuff in the X-Series line. Like XH2S, XH2, XT5, like they all have the same processor. There's no reason they couldn't bring those features back. And so maybe this is just the first one that they did that on. And, you know, it's like, this is the new exciting camera. We're going to put the features here first, but I don't know. I'm holding out hope that they'll add some of that stuff to the older cameras.
0: Yeah, yeah, me, me too. I do think it's funny that it's like, okay, you're shooting, you're a photographer. Here's the top of the top of the top line. Oh, you're into video? something you can put on a drone and crash it and not worry about the cost.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, that is funny how that works. Yeah, anyways. Different prices, I guess.
0: I'm looking on DP Review at this list of rolling shutters and different video modes. And I know that this is a photo camera we need to stop talking about the video. But like, I feel like it's a pretty big deal that the GFX can now shoot legit video. And it seems like depending upon what you're shooting, and so like in the GF mode, which I guess is like the full, full sensor, it can do a rolling shutter of... Like if you're doing like a 4K, like 15 milliseconds, which I think is
1: better. It's a not It's not, it's not
0: bad. That's I think that's better than an A7 IV. Yeah. So like that is that's good. Mm-hmm. It's not like you know 5.6 seconds off the XH2S. Yeah. But like that's what you get for shooting it, it, APS-C.
1: It's like it's respectable. It is
0: respectable. If you're shooting 5.4K on the mista size, that's a 28.1 milliseconds, which is.
1: Yeah, it's Exc- just getting up there.
0: Yeah, it's like acceptable, but there's nothing on here as far as like how wide of the sensor are you shooting on that is more than oh no wait here it is I was gonna say more than 30 seconds, but if you shoot 8K, that's 31 milliseconds.
1: Yeah. Okay.
0: So, but even still, like getting over 30, that's like maybe don't shoot 8K on this. I pr- I probably wouldn't suggest it, but unless it's like a pretty slow moving shot, yeah, if
1: you're doing really, if static. you're shooting
0: like an interview, all right, I could see it for that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That would, I guess that would be fine. Anyway. Like this, it's it's like legitimately good. And like that read speed does feed into the photo thing as far as making this thing more usable, which is why they were saying, hey, man, you could shoot this now for sports and for wildlife, mm-hmm. which I don't know. Both of those sound like you need reach. And if there's something that a medium format doesn't have, it's, it's a reach. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's a good point.
0: So, but portraits and products and stuff like that, which is where mm-hmm. a medium format excels. This is just going to be even better yeah. and it's going to make it a lot easier. And the fact that they, I know that we're complaining about it, but the fact they have camera to cloud on this
1: makes it. It probably makes a lot of sense for a photo workflow. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah. I mean, people who shoot with like the, um, that phase one camera, I mean, they are primarily shooting it through, you know, a computer or whatever. Here's mm-hmm. a stationary camera that we're processing these giant 150 megapixel images through. Yep. And so having a GFX now that you can just either wirelessly or cause it can't do wireless, Like you can plug that into.
1: Something. It is both. It's yeah. Wi-Fi or ethernet.
0: I mean, I think that's, I think that's great. Like I hear now you have a studio camera or whatever that can feed photos directly into the workflow.
1: Yeah. I mean, it seems like a really well-designed camera and a good photo camera. I can't remember if you mentioned the button layout. Yeah. I
0: was going to complain about that too, because they're like, look at the ergonomics of this thing. We we really thought about this. We really thought through how people use the camera. This, the screen on top is tilted 15 degrees back towards you. I thought
1: that was cool. I I think it's neat that the top plate is tilted back. That's a smart idea.
0: It is cool. And then they were also saying things like, oh, and these buttons, the three buttons on the top of it, we put them in a line behind the shutter button. not Like horizontally. Horizontally, not like front to back, but kind of along the bend of your finger because that's easier for you to reach. And I was like, if you knew that, why did you put them the other way on the XH2S where you can't reach back with your stupid index finger to press like two of the buttons because it's like, what are we doing? Like, I, yeah come, come on guys
1: yeah it's like like they knew this whole time how to make a a good ergonomic camera
0: yeah yeah it, this thing looks looks fantastic I mean it's huge yeah. but it feels like they really thought through or they put two buttons on the front where your fingers go mm-hmm. and said I mean like come on why what are you doing guy? like is your ex team not talking to
1: your GFX team it sure seems like it, doesn't it? It
0: does. It really, really does. Anyways, so I was mad about that because this camera yeah. looks amazing. I mean,
1: basically, we're, we're mad that this camera is so good. That's honestly everything we've been saying. We're yeah. mad that this yeah, is no, good No,
0: 100%. As, as a Fuji shooter, I'm mad this camera is so good <laughs> and I need all of these things on my X-H2S. Yeah.
1: Maybe if you had paid three times as much for your X-H2S, you would have gotten this stuff. Valid point. I don't know. Yeah. I will see. I, I hope some of it comes to the X-H2S. I am excited about the camera in terms of what it is. I think it's... Super cool that they've reduced the price by as much as they have.
0: That's amazing.
1: Yeah. And I mean, I think there are a lot of photo shooters that are going to be really happy about this.
0: Yeah. I think the GFX series doesn't have a ton of lenses. They did release a new lens mode roadmap for the GFX, Mm -hmm. which they didn't do in May for the X Summit. Yep. Which I'm just going to keep complaining about Mm -hmm. because what are we doing here? But they did announce that they are going to have a 500 millimeter f 5.6 prime come out for GFX.
1: I can't imagine how heavy that thing's going to be. Oh, dude! That's where you're using it for sports though. Mm-hmm. 500 thing's millimeter
0: lens, enormous. How how big is that in full frame numbers?
1: I can't remember what the crop factor that's, is. It's
0: like it's basically 0. 0.71. Yeah. So I mean, it, it's it's pretty stinking huge. That's like a 350 millimeter lens, which yeah. is still
1: that's, that's that's substantial.
0: It's long, but it's like I've seen longer. I, I don't know. <laughs>
1: That's another podcast, Lucas. That's a different
0: point. Yeah, okay. Uh F four, basically. Yeah. Which I mean, you go look at full frame; those are all basically five point six at similar focal lengths. Mm-hmm. This is going to be very fast, very shallow. It's and you know, shooting at one hundred and two megapixels, it's going to be extremely clean. Yeah, and high, high, highly resolving. So, mm-hmm. and that's kind of the advantage of shooting medium format is like you can get these brighter lenses in, you know, longer lengths and that sure, sort of thing. Sure, sure. So I think that's really cool to see. They're also going to be coming out with a power zoom for the GFX in 2025, mm. you know, for all those video features.
1: <laughs> yeah. I'm really curious to see what happens with the video features. If, the, you know, if maybe we're missing something, maybe people do want to use it to shoot video. It just seems strange to me.
0: I think people do. And I think it's a really cool ad and it really sells the camera. And I think it also helps people... And if you, at least for me, like if I'm looking at a camera and it has a really high, like read speed for video, then I know that it's going to be able to do that for photo too.
1: Sure. So. Yeah. Yeah, I guess that's true. It does kind of, uh, okay. it, it shows off the capabilities in. Yeah. Of, of the prop,
0: of the processor around the sensor, yeah. basically. Yeah. I don't know it's cool. It is cool. I am not going to get the deuce.
1: Yeah. Same here.
0: But I think it's great. You know, this is, this is the top of the top of the top end for mm-hmm. Fuji. And then, and I mean, goes without saying, this is a contender for Camera of the Year twenty twenty three. In my opinion, as
1: are as are all cameras. Mm-hmm.
0: Sure, I mean, all cameras are. <laughs> I mean, if I had to make like like my top list right now, I mean, we're talking. There's probably you know the S five Mark two X is up there. Yeah, I would say maybe the R eight is probably on that list somewhere. Though I think that it has a lot, enough detractors that, that it probably isn't. Going to be all the time.
1: I'm really looking forward to having this discussion later in the year. I think we're, especially since we've been doing this show all year, mm-hmm. we're going to have a lot of, you know, we've, we've looked at these cameras in depth. There's, there's a lot to think about there. Yep. Plus
0: there's a lot of camera news to get through before yeah. the end of the year. Yeah. Speaking
1: of. Yeah. Should we talk about the other contender for camera <laughs> of the year
0: 2023? <laughs> No comment.
1: <laughs> just you wait. This is not on my list. Just you wait. No hard pass. So we're recording this. Uh, I guess you know we we you want to imagine that when you hear a podcast, it's like hot off the presses. But you know we're a couple weeks out, and so we mentioned sure. we mentioned already that like like this Fuji GFX event just happened today. And today, it was a big day for news in general. But one of the big things that happened was that Apple had their fall event where they announced the new iPhones, as we have come to expect every September. Yep. And so today, they announced, today for us, two weeks ago for you, they announced the iPhone 15 and the iPhone 15 Pro. And I think, I've got to say, I think that the iPhone camera has to be one of the most used cameras. And so, I mean, it's like, how can we not talk about that?
0: Yeah, exactly. I, it's, I 100% agree, right? Cell phones have basically replaced most people's point and shoots, mm-hmm. which now we have all realized is a sin. And so we're all looking to buy X100Vs and now there's not enough of them to Absolutely. go around.
1: That's right. hmm So,
0: you know, and so everyone, now everyone's trying to buy Ricoh GR cameras <laughs> and now those are sold out. And it's like, what can you do?
1: Buy an iPhone. That's the answer. No,
0: Daniel. The answer is buy a Pixie handmade French camera.
1: (laughs) I don't know if that's equivalent. I I really don't. I do. (laughs) I'll tell you definitively. Uh That's the answer. (laughs) Agree to disagree. Okay, fine. So, So the iPhones.
0: Yeah, so... The, the 15s basically have last year's camera, essentially, a 48 megapixel quad bear or I, whatever.
1: It's not literally last year's camera. They did improve it. Okay. But but it, I think I think the Pro cameras are the interesting part of the system. Oh, yeah, for sure.
0: So we have the 15 Pro, which has two cameras on it. It has an ultra wide and it has a, like a telephoto, standard telephoto. Which is like what, like 28 millimeters? So the
1: regular 15 and the 15 Plus have two cameras. Right. The 15 Pro and the 15 Pro Max have three cameras.
0: Oh, that's right. It does have three cameras. It's just the difference between the Pro and the Pro Max is the telephoto. That's right. Yeah. One's a 3X and one's a 5X. That's right. Okay. Yep. Which that 5X, everyone was thinking was going to be a periscope camera. And it seemed like the way they described it, it's like this stacked prism thing which did not read to me like a periscope
1: i think it is a periscope camera but it's it's just it's just implemented differently than what most of them have been because right. a lot of periscope cameras on other smartphones have like popped out of the top or something and been no no they're like, just like
0: mounted sideways kind of thing and it's like the sensor's over here and mm-hmm. it kind of hits a prism goes sideways yeah. and hits another Well, that's, prism. How this one,
1: that's how this one works too it seems like it's like anyways uh, whatever yeah, who knows you know it's hard to tell with them because it when Apple does these announcements, they always come up with their own buzzwords for things. Yeah, they do. And so you 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 can't really go by that. So it has some sort of prism thing with mirrors. It sounded like a periscope to me, but who really knows? Yeah. So it, that but that's only on the Pro Max. Because right, it's right. Because they needed they said they needed more space for that system. I buy it. And the sensor on that one also has a more the, the the sensor for that telephoto lens on the Pro Max has a like more sophisticated IBIS system, right? And, which makes sense because like at a longer focal length, you would need that. Yeah, it sounded like so. they
0: added another axis or something. It, does, it wasn't yeah. totally clear because mm-hmm. of Apple speak.
1: Yeah, yeah, and that telephoto, the five X is an equivalent one hundred and twenty millimeter. Right. So
0: yeah, so I think like some of the big interesting things coming out of these cameras. First, it looks like they're adding a different coating on the lens, mm-hmm. which if you've been paying attention to my my legendary lens series and all the talk about vintage lenses is that in the 70s, coatings were the big deal. It was like, let's release this thing with a different coating like this one has this coating. This one has that coating because the coatings on the end of the lenses really matter as far as like, what is the ghosting look like? How is mm-hmm. it, how it can impact like aberrations and, you know spotting and all this course kind of thing and if you've ever shot on like a modern iphone you'll know if you shoot photo or video at night you get so many freaking little spots all over the place yep and it's like they're like oh the sensor is bigger but now you're getting like really bad ghosting and i just fingers crossed that these new coatings you know they finally figured out something that our forefathers tried to teach us (laughs) which is coatings matter and Maybe we're gonna have less ghosting.
1: Well, and I when I was watching the discussion on this on Twitter, I'm not calling it X on Twitter. That's what people were talking about. Like er, as soon as they said coatings, so everybody's like, "Is it going to take better pictures at night?" So we'll oh see.
0: my gosh, I, I really hope so because that's been a pretty big problem. And yeah. coding is codings are the right answer for that, mm-hmm. or a screw-on lens hood.
1: Yeah. Yeah, which, which is kind of, kind of not not reasonable. <laughs> <laughs> um, so I guess to cover kind of the other main features of it, the main camera, I'm talking about the Pro and the Pro Max. Right. The, the main camera is a 48 megapixel uh, quad bear configuration. But one right. thing that they've done is now you can actually shoot a 48 megapixel photo with it.
0: Right. Previously, you could pull a 48-megapixel photo, but you had to shoot in RAW. Yeah. And now you can do
1: it in HEIF. Yes. And by the way, just as a side note, everybody seemed shocked that Apple said Heath. And it seems like a lot of people on the internet do not say HEIF and they just say H-I-E-F, or, sorry, H-E-I-F. Oh. And this was shocking to me, because what? I feel like you and I have said HEIF many times. And people yeah. people are like, what a ridiculous word i'm like i don't know where do, where have they been i, I don't know not on this camera podcast i guess i don't know maybe they're not
0: photo people yeah.
1: anyway so that's i think that's a big win you know shoot 48 megapixels and just have that as like a normal photo and not shooting raw that's, do we need to get cool.
0: into the weeds on what quad bear is again
1: i don't know like let's get into the weeds that's, because, what, that's what we do here. yeah
0: because i was listening to this other podcast and they were kind of. Waxing on and on about the iPhone cameras and like whether or not you should like take a picture and then crop it to what you want or zoom in digitally and then take the picture mm-hmm. and like we talk about video and oversampling and all this sort of thing and it's like if you have a 48 megapixel sensor and you're going to take a 12 megapixel photo on it you have the ability to oversample down to 12 right. megapixel. like it was, that's what they're doing sort of and it's like you can't oversample down. And so like if you zoom in digitally with the 48 megapixels, you could zoom into a 12 megapixel actual count of those pixels and get a 12 megapixel photo. But if you do something in between and it results in a 12 megapixel, it's like it's oversampling of that larger area down to it almost. But I've never been 100% clear on if that's what Apple's doing. Yeah. Because like the way that a quad bear works, like normally a bear is like a certain pixel array of, you mm-hmm. know, red, green, blue. And what the quad bear does is it just, it takes a pixel array and it's like each each red pixel is four pixels. Yeah. Each blue pixel is four pixels. So it's not an actual like a 48 megapixel bear sensor. It's just a 12 megapixel sensor where all the sub pixels are now four pixels. Right. Which does change the demosaicing de- process and how it handles more and that sort of thing. It's
1: honestly with Apple specifically and really with any smartphone, but I think Apple is kind of at the top of the game here, it's, it's really hard to tell because they do so much computational stuff. Right. And, you know, whereas, like, I mean, every camera now does some sort of computational thing. Like, we just talked about how Fuji has the X-Processor 5, and, I mean, mm-hmm. every camera brand has a processor that's taking raw data off the sensor, right. doing something to it before you get a photo or video. Sure. But, I mean, smartphones have a lot to make up for because of Mm -hmm. how optically small you know the the cameras and sensors are and i mean apple does tons of computational stuff and it makes a huge difference like that's why you can take like a a google pixel or an apple iphone take a picture at night and it looks like way better than what you can get from a normal camera because like the computational stuff is doing doing a lot so i think that makes it really hard to answer this question because like how like it has all this data and it's doing something to it, but I don't think it's as simple as saying it's like binning it or something. It's doing a lot more than that.
0: Well, I think that these new new cameras kind of shed a little more light on it. And kind of what I'm getting to is, you know, on the previous cameras, it was pretty obvious that, you know, if you shot the, the like the punched in 2X telephoto option, which there was a 3X and has 1X camera and it says like, here's the 2X. Mm-hmm. It's like what they were doing is they, they took the sub pixel layout of like all the 48 pixels and then they just cropped the a 12-megapixel image out of the sensor. Yeah. But it's not really cropped because it is literally 12-megapixels. And so you are getting a full 12-megapixel file. And it's just whenever you shot at 48, it was taking, you know, here's this 4-pixel quadrant. And that one's also 12-megapixels, but it's using bigger pixels. The new cameras, or what was unclear is if you were somewhere in between. Yeah. Were they oversampling down to, Or were they taking a 12-megapixel quad bear? And then cropping in, mm-hmm. and so like we didn't know what they were doing. And with the new cameras here, you can shoot in a 24 megapixel, uh, like high resolution photo, yeah, rather than a 12. But it's a 48 megapixel sensor, right? And so that to me clearly reads as like we're taking all 48 pixels and we are going to compress that down into a better looking 24 megapixel. That's photo. a good point. And so to me, it kind of answers the question of the other one of like, yeah, do use the digital zoom on these 48. Sensors because you are probably going to get a better image than if you crop yeah, in post,
1: yeah, which I think is interesting because that's not and I mean I have an older iPhone that doesn't have a forty eight megapixel sensor, so I think what I'm about to say is still true for me, but I've always kind of thought with smartphones, you know just take take the picture w- with any camera really just take the picture with whatever optical zoom you can get right. and then crop and post because you know how how good could it be but That doesn't quite hold true with sensors like this.
0: Right. And it's a lot of that is so opaque that it's hard to know what to do Mm -hmm. because I know that Google released a feature on their Pixel phones with this like super zoom thing. And if you digitally zoomed in, they would use their machine learning and AI and all this stuff and like all of their multiple picture combining to make a better looking zoomed in picture than if you took it wide and cropped in. And so, like, it encouraged you to, like, yeah, just digitally zoom because the computationally can make a better photo.
1: Yeah, it's interesting.
0: I've never heard Apple actually say that they do that on the stage, but I would be shocked if they
1: did. Me too. Yeah. And something that kind of goes along with this, another feature that they added on the new ones that I thought was kind of cool is the main camera, you actually can pick focal lengths. So you can pick between 24, 28, and 35. Uh,
0: yeah, I think that's great. And like the ultra wide is what, like 12 or 13 millimeter yeah, roughly. Like that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so like you get that one. But then on the mains camera, because of that 48 quad bear sensor, you can shoot in these different focal lengths mm-hmm. and probably get equivalently good images out well, of all of them. And
1: that's what I was going to say is I don't think they would have added that as a, I mean, because that is like a full on first class feature. Like there's yep. a button in the camera app that lets you specifically pick those focal lengths and i don't think they would have done that if you were getting worse quality because for apple people sharing all these iphone photos is marketing for them yep. you know you want somebody to see a photo be impressed to be like what well, you know what did you shoot that with oh an iphone like that's you know that's good marketing for apple i don't think they would have put this feature in if they felt like the image you were getting at 35 millimeters equivalent was worse than what you would get at 24 or whatever right
0: exactly do we know what the like the true length of that, like what's the 1X? Is that 24?
1: It has to be, right? It has to be the widest one.
0: Yeah, I would think so too. Yeah. Which makes sense because like they've slowly been working it back. Like it used to be 27 or something mm-hmm. like that. And then I think in the most recent one it was like twenty five yeah. or 26 or something. So is this, this is even wider than the 14 Pro, right?
1: I guess it might be. Yeah, that's interesting. So they, they uh, put out this term, you know, saying like, Basically, these cameras have seven different focal lengths. Sure. Which is kind of that's cool when you think about it, because the ultra wide camera can do a macro mode. Right. And then the thirteen, uh, which is the normal, you know, normal ultra ultra wide. Right. And then your main camera has those three focal lengths we just talked about. Mm-hmm. So that's that brings us up to five. five. And then I guess, you know, you've got your telephoto option, which is the 77 millimeter on the pro and the 120 millimeter on the Pro Max. right? And I'm not sure what, I guess the in-between is that you can do like a 2X mode.
0: Yeah, probably. Like, yeah, you, yeah, you can do that 12 megapixel off of that main sensor mm-hmm. cut, which is gonna be somewhere in between.
1: Yeah, yeah. But I mean, that's a lot of uh, flexibility that you get.
0: I think it's great, I think it's really cool. And you know, they're adding all of these you know, different options for how you'll be able to frame your photos. And in the 14, they released those, or was it the 13? They released those different, like, uh, color modes. And so you could pick how it's going to process, and you could kind of pick, like, do I want it to be oversaturated like a Samsung photo, or do I want it to be hyper-contrasty like a Mm -hmm. pixel photo, or do I want it to blow out all parts of the picture in favor, only the face, and then make the face look really flat and stupid and HDR like an iPhone photo? (laughs) And it's like, you could kind of pick what you wanted and how you wanted it to look and like, let it kind of steer the algorithm a little bit and i've kind of been envious of that feature because i have a 12 and i was like man i wish i could tell it to not take stupid pictures (laughs) and i can't it just takes stupid pictures yeah so i feel like like with more like especially with the pro cameras they're adding more and more ability for you to have control over what you're shooting yeah but like within the constraints of still being able to just whip out your phone and press a button
1: yeah yeah i agree Another aspect of that is the portrait, uh, yeah. the, the automatic portrait stuff. So, mm-hmm. you know, for a long time, they've had the portrait feature, but I don't know. But do you ever use that? No. Yeah. So I, I don't either. I used it whenever I first got an iPhone that had it and I was like, this is pretty cool. But the problem is when I'm taking a picture, I don't ever think about it.
0: Yeah. You don't have to like switch to that other mode and now shoot a portrait photo.
1: Yeah. And it's like, you know, I, I, I forget that I have it mm-hmm. and also like, what if I'm, what if I just have my camera out and I'm taking pictures of things and then I happen to take a picture of a person like I'm not gonna switch over yeah and so they added the thing now where like it automatically if it attacks a person or an animal Mm -hmm. it automatically saves that depth data so that you can go back later and make it a portrait photo which really smart idea
0: yeah to me I'm like why weren't we doing that from the beginning and obviously it's because you know computation and blah 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 I think this is a fantastic feature and I'm really happy to see them be doing that because now it's like you can just go back and make that portrait photo if you yeah, want.
1: Yeah, that's great. I, I mean, that's what I want. It's like, I, I don't care if it uses a little bit more data. I'm like when I press that shutter button, just capture a bunch of stuff mm-hmm. and let me make decisions later. Like, yep. I'll deal with the storage space. That's fine. I just want to get as capture as much as I can in that moment.
0: Yeah, I really like that. I think it's good. And like, they were showing pictures of you know, here's these portraits and here's these really fantastic photos that we've taken with the iPhone. I swear, when I was looking at those, like they look like iPhone photos still. <laughs> like some, like if you look too close, like even still some of like the skin tones and things mm-hmm. kind of meshed together too much. Yeah. And like there was some over smoothing and this sort of thing. And I'm like, they're really good photos, but they still look like phone well, but photos.
1: I, it kind of goes back to the, you know, they're doing so much computationally to make mm-hmm. up for the optical realities of right. what they're dealing with. And they've gotten really far, but I mean, that's, that's why we have this podcast. Like there's still a market for real cameras. Right.
0: One of the things that did impress me the most was they showed a picture of like this dark portrait that was very contrasted where it was, the person was was side lit, yeah, and the the left side of her face was well lit and everything, and then it was a very dark shadow fall off. Mm-hmm. And for me, who like every time I take a picture with an iPhone, it's like okay, the face is here, we're gonna expose this perfectly. And we're going to bring up all the shadows so that it's the most even exposure across the entire face. And there are no shadows. And then we're going to compromise everything else in the picture so that it looks horrible. Yeah. And I was like, you took that picture with an iPhone and it didn't do that? Sweet.
1: Yeah. Please, we'll, more of this. We'll see if that pans out. You know, hopefully that's, uh, ho- hopefully that's not like using some kind of manual setting or something. Yeah, you like know? they may
0: but, have shot it in RAW or whatever yeah. and, you know, edited it to get to that look. But I would be, I'd be like... I want my phone to take, to stop trying to do me favors. Yeah. I, I want the contrasts and the contour of the lights. And like, that's why I'm taking this picture in this way. And like, if you like to do photography, I mean, those are the things that you're looking for. You're looking for how interesting the lights and the shadows mm-hmm. cast, and you're making decisions based upon that. And whenever the camera on your phone is optimized for, like I have to have an even HDR exposure for mm-hmm. everything because I'm built for taking pictures at children's birthday parties. It is it, like in direct contrast with what you're trying to do for your, your fancy photo.
1: It's I mean, and there are third party apps that probably help with some of this, you know, Halide and things like that. But it's like, I want a switch in the camera app that simply is a switch between like artistic mode and documentation mode because like, I have a lot of pictures on my phone of, Mm -hmm. you know, there's a label on this electronic device that's behind a desk. I know I can just (laughs) shove my phone back there and hit the button and it'll take a usable picture of that. Like I I bet you've done that too. Oh yeah, for sure. It's like stuff like that. It's like, I don't care about it looking good. Like I just, Mm -hmm. I want it to be lit, you know, so I can see it. Yeah. I don't mean lit like the way the kids say it. No, you mean it both. Yeah, I do mean it both. You're right. But (laughs) it's like, I want to be able to switch between that and a mode that, that does, like, let it be a dark picture or whatever, mm-hmm. like you said, you know, kind of lets you, like, trust you a little bit more to be making decisions. And right. I don't, I don't necessarily mean that I want to have, like, tons of settings in one mode or the other. Like, right. it, it's, it's a phone. I want it to be simple. But mm-hmm. it would be nice if you could switch between those. It sure would be. So,
0: man, we have spent more time talking about the photo capabilities with this <laughs> than I thought we uh, would. Same here. Because same here. the video features Daniel look pretty sweet I,
1: I gotta tell you i gotta tell you one more thing on the photo thing okay. I, I saw this and and i think people have missed this so far but you know so the the three cameras on those pro phones are always different like that they they all have different specs right and the ultra wide is usually like really bad compared to the others sure but the telephoto is also not as good as the main camera right and so what this means is that if you have a pro max that has that 5x periscope zoom You know, it has the main camera that still has the same 24, 28, 35 equivalent things. What that means is that if you want to take a telephoto shot at 3X with, you know, 77 millimeter equivalent, you'll get a better picture out of a Pro than out of a Pro Max. Because the Pro is doing that with an optical thing. Right. Whereas the Pro Max is having to crop in on... The main sensor like to a pretty extreme degree to get that shot
0: but i guess but this still comes down to whether or not the telephoto lens at, in its full readout mode is competitive with the non-oversampled yeah. mode
1: of the main sensor it's gonna be interesting to see yeah my my money's on the the one that's optimized for that like yeah. you know i've got a sensor with a with a 77 millimeter equivalent lens. My mm-hmm. money is on that over anything else that's got a wider lens and cropping in and all this stuff. But I guess we'll
0: see. That is really interesting. Yeah. I mean, as, as a camera person, like I've, I used an Android phone for 10 years before I bought my, my 12 pro max, which is like the, for the first iPhone I've ever owned. Mm-hmm. And the reason I, I switched over was because of, because of the video features. It was like, you know, we're shooting all this stuff and, I just I want something that I can integrate into my footage and have like decent video and that sort of thing. And so like, if I was going to buy one of these cam- these phones, like m- I would pick based upon the like, camera arrays and like which <laughs> one I wanted rather than like I need to have the biggest screen and that sort yeah. of thing.
1: I gotta say that's where I'm at right now. Like, yeah, it's like, like, like personally, do and... you need do you need the seventy seven millimeter or do you need the hundred and twenty yeah. millimeter? Yeah. Why do I have to make that choice though? It's terrible. <laughs> Anyway, maybe maybe we can talk about that more in a moment. But let's let's do talk about the video features. Okay, so I watched I like I watched the event, and then
0: I just as like a recap for this podcast. I watched the the Verge's supercut that they did. They posted to YouTube, mm-hmm. and the supercut cut out the part where they talked about ASUS, and I was like, guys, this is like the biggest feature, <laughs> and you guys cut it out because clearly nobody cares except for me. Yep. When we talk, I mean, talked for-
1: I mean mo- most people watching that video had
0: no idea what that was. I knew exactly what it was. Whenever they were like, oh, and now you can, you know, this supports ASUS, mm-hmm. I, I fell out of my well, chair. Well, I knew
1: what it was because of this podcast, because mm-hmm. there was an episode where you talked about ASUS. Yeah.
0: yeah I was super duper pumped. You know what doesn't support ASUS and isn't a part of the Academy standard for the colors? I do know. Yeah. Fujifilm, yeah. the GFX, the deuce. Nope. No ASUS. XH2S? Mm mm. Yeah. Not, not in it. Come on, guys. Like, What are we doing here? Yeah. The iPhone even has it now.
1: I know you know what the iphone also has
0: what the
1: the iphone the iphone can record video externally to an ssd
0: i about flipped a table (laughs) i was like this is awesome i mean that's also dang it
1: yeah it's a super cool feature like like there there are people out there that are thrilled about that Mm -hmm. because especially because before now you know the iphone's on lightning getting footage off of iphones for like bigger you know productions like yeah. these people that like shot movies on iPhones like sure. getting the footage off is a total nightmare because lightning is like USB 2 speeds yeah. super slow
0: yeah like the previous one could shoot you could shoot raw video on it like you mm-hmm. should, or you could yeah is it raw or is it just ProRes
1: I think it yeah. Let's just say ProRes. I, yeah, think, I think that's, that's what it right. Was. Yeah. yeah.
0: So like you could shoot ProRes video, but now you have a terabyte of video. Mm-hmm. And like you're, they would have to, you have to run, if you were you'd doing have an have actual f- shoot,
1: 15, 15 uh, phones. You yeah, just You'd have to through.
0: run multiple phones in order because you can't get the
1: footage off fast yeah. enough. Yeah.
0: Like so USB C for this is incredible, yeah. but the fact you can record to an SSD directly within ProRes is amazing. Amazing.
1: And, and yes, that was my first thought. And my second thought was, so you're telling me, this smartphone can record video external and my twenty five hundred dollar video camera can't.
0: Like that's correct.
1: Come on, yeah. Fuji. Come, Come on.
0: on. Come on, guys. <laughs> Anyways, point is like if you're if you're mixing footage, like for you know, you know, I'm shooting all this stuff in log, which 15 Pro can now shoot log?
1: Yeah. Also a great feature. Ten
0: out of ten. And, and loving that. And, you
1: know, the, I don't remember who made the joke. Maybe you made the joke. Somebody made the joke that, you know, like, oh, is it like Apple log? You know, like what kind of goofy (laughs) version of log is this going to be? And I mean, if I understand right, I don't think it really matters because if it supports aces, then that should mean that there's just like clearly color transform information for that log profile. And so like it doesn't tell us what the dynamic range is going to be and stuff, but like it does tell us that there is going to be a reasonable way to convert from that log to like a normal color space
0: right yeah, so like we still need a lot more information and they they they're gonna have to provide it if you're yeah. shooting in log because like if you're shooting in log now we got to know what color space you're shooting in are mm-hmm. they shooting in rec 2020 are they shooting in like AP like one of the is like AP and AP one like one of the Aces color gamuts I mean I don't know right so it's like what what logs are we shooting with I would assume it's probably similar to Asus which is a pretty stinking huge gamma yeah gamut gamut anyway it, like what's the gamma blah, blah blah so like we're gonna have to get that color space transform information but like if you're matching footage like we shoot log on a bunch of things and you know being able to move everything into a common color space to then and then match it all and then now you just have one transform at the end of your timeline mm-hmm. that takes it out of Aces or DaVinci wide gamut or whatever your common color space is into rec 709 and like you put all your final looks on it like that's the way to do it. Yeah. And the fact that you know you have log and you have ASUS support for footage out of an iPhone makes it legitimately usable for integrating into projects with quote unquote real cameras.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Uh, which is, I mean, these are these are big features. I, I remember when the GoPro 11 came out last year. That was the first GoPro that had log, mm-hmm. and that kind of felt like. Now you could legitimately take GoPro footage, use it as part of a bigger production, and it's not going to be a pain. It's going to probably look right. Mm-hmm. And this feels a little bit like that moment for the iPhone for right. me, where like now you can you can shoot in ProRes up to 4K60. You know, you can record externally, supports Aces, you can shoot in Log. It feels like they've really built out that Pro feature set.
0: Yeah, it sure does. And, you know, like I said, I bought my 12 Pro, I like switched over to iPhone just because it's so much better at video, at least at the time that anything mm-hmm. else was. Now, if you're shooting on Android, you can go get an Xperia V and shoot in like s cinetone tone. How, how remind me how expensive Nine, that one is? Like nineteen hundred dollars. The camera's so freaking expensive. But <laughs> yeah. pretty stinking cool. I don't know. I've um, I've been tempted by that. But like, I don't want to spend nineteen hundred dollars on a phone. I just won't do it. I would I'd rather buy like a that uh, fifty to one forty that I don't own yet. <laughs> Anyways, my twelve pro is. Because good at video. And so I. there's a few things that I shot and we edited where I integrated, uh, yeah. you know, 12 Pro Max footage into it. And it is a pain in the butt mm-hmm. to color match iPhone footage into anything else. Because, like, you don't really notice it whenever you're just, like, looking at the thing you shot. But iPhone footage is crazy saturated. Like, yeah. it's worse than lumix s5 mark ii standard color profile saturated <laughs> and it's just kind of a huge pain to try to color match it and like get your yellows and your reds exactly right and i just hate dealing with it and like for me getting locked and getting asus who boy this is i'm like super super tempted to upgrade my phone i was like i don't need a new phone until this one breaks you know what i'm just gonna wait like two years i'm gonna go back to android whenever i do because i'm so sick of ios mm-hmm. and like all these stupid things and i hate it for 10 reasons this would keep
1: me on iOS, <laughs> <Yes>, honestly. <laughs> I'm really surprised to hear you say that. Yeah,
0: because I would know would suffer through it, but oh boy,
1: I just, I would, man, this is great. I mean, it's kind of got me wondering, like, you know, we shoot these interview things pretty often and I would be real curious to try setting up that new iPhone as a third angle somewhere. Oh yeah. And then just see if we can match it to where you, you know, to where it looks natural with everything else. Cause I mean... It seems like all the tools are in place to do that. I honestly love
0: using my iPhone like one would use an action cam. Mm-hmm. Like I'm not like chucking it off something and mounting to the things, but I've put it like on the dash of my car. Yeah. And I have some footage even on the 12 Pro Max where it's like you can see the hood of the truck just kind of like moving around and then the horizon is perfectly stable. It's <laughs> like this is crazy. Yeah. And that's the that's the twelve. In the fourteen, they made that stabilization even better. Like mm-hmm. GoPro good kind of thing. Yep. And so it's...
1: This one's probably even better than that.
0: Yeah. And so it's like you have this really good stabilization and it's small so you can like stick it on the ground and shoot a car driving over it or Mm -hmm. something. And I feel like I can get like weird and interesting shots of like put this in a spot where I can't put my big camera. Right. And just it's it's got such a wide field of view that I don't have to care if it's in focus because everything's in focus on a phone and just like, here, get this shot. Yeah, And it's fun and it's cool and like, I love being able to like capture those and stick them into the projects that I'm working mm-hmm. on. Yeah, And now this one's like the footage is even more compatible with what you're doing.
1: Yeah, and you're going to be able to get it off in a reasonable amount of times. You've got USB-C. Oh my gosh,
0: I'm going to get, if I bought one of these, I would get one of those right angle Condor blue cables and I would get another T7 (laughs) and I would just mag-safe it to the back of my iPhone and I would just have a drive on the back of my iPhone all the time. (laughs) be like, what are you doing? I'm like, my video camera <laughs> shut up why do you have a lens hood on your iPhone the coatings aren't that good
1: I was kind of thinking about getting one of the moment cases because I was like that just puts me one more purchase away from having an external I mean, lens the moment
0: cases are good but please note Peak Design announced their new cases also <laughs> and as a, peak, as a Peak Design ambassador uh-huh. I'm not a, I'm not. A peak. anyways uh-huh. you gotta get these Like you can get them in, like yellow they're really cool
1: <laughs> getting off topic here Lucas sorry <laughs> One other video feature that I think we have to mention is that the the pro phones can shoot spatial video, which is the like whatever video mode that you would need to view it on an Apple Vision Pro.
0: I feel like I called that.
1: Yeah. Well, a lot of people called that because they they showed that thing when the Vision Pro came out. There was this one scene in the the thing that just didn't really land. do, Do you know what I'm talking about?
0: I know exactly what yeah. you're talking about where but, the guys like recording videos of his kids playing with the Vision Pro on.
1: Yeah, yeah, like like it, I, I feel like it was like a birthday party oh or something gosh, too. Oh my gosh, it was horrible. And and he's like, "Let me experience this event through this fake screen because I am capturing this moment." And it's like yep. like it just didn't land. You know everybody's no. like, "That doesn't that doesn't make me feel good." Yeah. And so this is actually I think really nice to see because now you can use one of these new Pro iPhones to record that same video. And then later you can experience it on an Apple Vision Pro, but you know, in that moment you're just another person with your phone filming something, which just feels a lot better than using an oh, Apple definitely. Vision Pro to do it.
0: I am I'm dying to know like how that looks or how they're doing it because it seems to me like they're using. I couldn't tell if they're using the telephoto or the wide. It
1: looked like it was because I don't know which of the three cameras. I guess I, it, I guess it's ultra wide, it, wide, and telephoto. I think it. I think they're using the ultra wide and the wide. From what I saw of the picture,
0: that's what I would assume as well. Mm -hmm. And like one of those lenses, one of those sensors looks better than the other. Yeah, I'm curious how they're gonna deal with that too. If you're shooting, if you're shooting like actual 3D, I mean, you're using matched lenses of the Mm -hmm. same focal length, and you got your mirror and all this sort of thing. But but Lucas
1: computational photography, man, it's it's the answer to all our problems. Well,
0: like that's what I'm wondering because. (laughs) This is this is the weird like it's such a weird implementation because mm-hmm. like this is not this is not how you do stereoscopic 3D. You don't use two different focal lengths with two different sensors. Mm-hmm. It's like I'm gonna I'm gonna roll up onto a set and be like, well, I got my GH6 and my S5 Mark II. Uh, let's shoot some 3D. I'm gonna put a 42 <laughs> and a half on this one, and then I'm gonna put a 120 millimeter on this one, and eh, it's close enough.
1: <laughs> I don't know. We'll see. I mean, you know, I have to assume it. I mean, maybe it doesn't look as good as some sort of dedicated rig, but I have to assume it looks good enough or they wouldn't be doing it. So I don't know. I bet it'll be totally fine. Yeah. I just, I'm
0: oh like, what witchcraft are you doing that you've sorted out that we haven't been able to sort out in <laughs> the cinema world for the last 15 years? That's a good
1: question. I'm, 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 I'm excited, assuming it works well. I am excited about this though, because it also means that somebody like you or me that doesn't, you know, like, I don't know about you. I'm I'm probably not going to be buying this Vision Pro, you know, anywhere close to release. It's something I could imagine myself having someday. And so, like, it's cool that if I wanted to, I could film something on my phone now and then just, like, have that file for some day in the future when I get a Vision Pro or if I get a chance to use someone that somebody else has, like, maybe that'd be cool. Like, it's neat that it's kind of, like, bringing that to a wider group of people.
0: They didn't talk about it, but I'm surprised they didn't also tie that into the cinematic mode stuff. Cause wasn't it wasn't like the 13 that came out with, you know, you can basically shoot portrait mode for mm-hmm. video where it will, it will do like smart reframey things. I think you're right. And they really
1: didn't talk about that feature at all in this. No, they
0: didn't. And it's like, if you can shoot stereoscopically, that gives you even more depth information mm-hmm. than just LIDAR. Yeah. And it seems like if you were doing that, You could potentially in post get even more interesting like computational depth of field if like Mm -hmm. that's what you're trying to do. Or like in DaVinci Resolve, you can do like the the smart masking thing where it's like this is in the foreground, this is in the background. Mm -hmm. If you're shooting like stereoscopic, then... If it can give you more like actual depth information, then that can make masking even easier sure, so that you could, point. you could potentially shoot a person on any background mm-hmm. and not have to green screen it and then be able yeah. to like cut them out in post, which could make interesting like, you know, here's a welcome video or something where you need to like cut the person out. Sure. They didn't talk about any stuff like that. And I'm like, are you providing this yeah. data with it or is it just like this? apple format 3d thing that's only supported on the vision pro and then if anyone else looks at it it just down it into like a, a HEVC file or I, I don't know
1: i guess we'll find out i i kind of got the vibe that they're probably not going to have this on day one because sure. why, why would they need to you know like these phones come out in september vision pro doesn't come out they say they say early next year you know who knows like vision pro is probably going to get delayed if right. i had to guess were, so like sometime next year like I bet this feature is not going to come out of release. They were definitely talking about the
0: Vision Pro like it already came out.
1: They're like, people
0: love the Vision Pro. It's been a huge splash.
1: <laughs> like no one's
0: touched it. <laughs> what are you talking about?
1: <laughs> there are like ten people that have used it at those developer yep. lab things. That's mm-hmm. about In it. A very
0: so, controlled environment. Yeah.
1: <laughs> so I don't know. I mean, you know, you should never buy a phone based on like future possibilities. Sure. But I think that's a pretty cool one. Yeah, so 15 Pro Max
0: from a camera perspective, which is the only thing I care about here, hugely interesting. Yeah.
1: So yeah, so real quick, I guess what what would you go with between 15 Pro 15 Pro Max, like ignoring the screen size, thinking just about camera features? Which would you go with?
0: Oh geez, I mean, like, before you said ignoring the screen size and just focus on camera features, even though I said it earlier, I by default I'm just going to get the biggest phone. Mm-hmm. But if I had to, if I was like out there shopping and I'm picking just based on focal length. I think I would still go with the max because I think it's interesting to have that much reach on a Mm -hmm. phone. And that's something that's kind of been out of, out of reach or whatever for, for a while. Right. Yeah. And I would still pick an ultra wide over the telephoto. If I had to choose between like, here's an ultra wide that also does macro and here's a five X telephoto, I would pick the ultra wide. Yeah. But they all get that. Yeah. You don't don't have to pick. I would rather have, I'd rather have the reach of a zoom because that's kind of what phones are missing. It's like you just can't mm-hmm. take that thing really far I think,
1: away. I think you're probably right. Um, and I know for me personally, my phone, the max I can do is a 2X. Two, two and mm-hmm. I use that a lot because, like, some, you know, you want a picture that's punched in. And to me, one of the things that I look for in photography is getting like detail shots because sure. I'm so used to people just taking a picture with the normal camera on their phone and like it's just a super wide angle thing. And I think it really stands out if you can get like a detail thing. So, I don't know. Like, I'm really interested in the 5x, but you know, you you can't make these decisions in a vacuum. And if it's a sure. phone I'm going to be using every day, I have to decide if I want the bigger screen. So I don't know which one I'm going to get yet.
0: Yeah, that's a that's a tough call. Yeah. And for me, it's like if I'm going to zoom in with my phone, I want to be able to zoom in as far as I can. Yeah. And that's like those are the only times I'm really using the telephoto on my cameras. Like mm-hmm. whenever I'm like I want to get as close as possible. And so for me, it's like obviously 5x, and I use a max size phone now. Yeah. And so it's like, yeah, I guess more mo- screen, more yeah. better. I don't know. Yeah, the the Nexus Six ruined me. Well, I, that, that phone was huge. That phone was enormous. It's still bigger than this phone that I have now, because <laughs> uh, it was sixteen nine, not like where mm. the extra long screens. Mm. And I think it was a whale, <laughs> and I just I had that thing for like three years, mm-hmm. and it, you
1: imprinted on it. Your, your hand actually got bigger yeah, as a that's result what was. of having that phone.
0: Yeah, I, I I love that phone. I think it was great. It was still one of my favorite phones because <laughs> it was just so stupid and giant. <laughs> and uh, ever since then, I was like, before that, I'm like, why don't they make small phones? I have this like 4.7 inch Samsung Galaxy S3. And it's so huge. And why can't I just have a small phone? Apple's the only one that makes small phones. And then I got an X6 and I was like, big phones for life. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah. If if I, if I was gonna upgrade it would be a Pro Max.
1: Yeah. 15, well, I, I've got until Friday to decide. So
0: I mean like you could wait, Daniel. Like what's I the can't, rush? I
1: can't wait. I cannot wait.
0: Okay, well <laughs> like so you're so you're gonna get a pro max. And <laughs> That's a good chance of you're it. probably gonna get it in well, I mean, what are the color options here?
1: Well, they've got uh gray, gray and gray. <laughs> <or>? <laughs> they've got four shades of gray. <laughs> colors are really disappointing on the pro phones like the the non-pro has some you know brighter colors and it's disappointing that the pros are but they've got a natural titanium which is like a you know like a metal gray color they've got a dark a dark gray (laughs) they've got a a white gray and they've got a blue Okay, okay. blue. That so, blue
0: looks like the blue that came from the, the 12 yeah, series. Yeah, and
1: normally when I've gotten these phones, I've gotten the co- whatever the color is. Right. Like Like my current phone is like this greenish sage type color. It's right. kind of cool. But I don't know. I'm between that and the natural tita- titanium. Because mm. I do kind of like that metal look. But I don't know.
0: Man, that's tough. The titanium thing, like it being lighter, that's a pretty big deal. My yeah. phone is annoyingly heavy. Yeah, yeah. Like. Whatever, but also it's annoyingly heavy. Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah, I think I think actually, like the if you have a 14 Pro, the 15 Pro, or if you have a 14 Pro Max, mm-hmm. or sorry, let me let me rephrase that. If you have a 14 Pro, the mm-hmm. 15 Pro Max weighs less.
0: Wow. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> That's pretty huge. I don't know. I like white phones. I think they look really clean, but the stainless gets really. I don't know. You get fingerprinty? Yeah. It seems like this is brushed. Yeah, so if it was me, brushed. I would probably still go white, which is like would be the third phone in a row that I got. Nope. Fourth phone in a row that I bought in white, which mm-hmm. is really, really boring. It's like
1: a Casey list with cars.
0: Oh geez. it's terrible. Uh <laughs> I don't know, man. I feel like I feel like the brushed titanium is probably the coolest version, but I could definitely see you going black or blue. Yeah. Yeah. Blue is hard mm-hmm. to match with cases. Mm-hmm. And so if you That's want true. if you're going to put a case on, which I don't know if you will, if you're not mm-hmm. really a case person. Then if you're going to put a case on it or sticker, go black or go titanium. Mm -hmm. But if not, then I would say maybe blue.
1: Yeah. Yeah. We'll see. I'm, I do kind of want to go no case, but I don't know, like that natural titanium is kind of drawing me in a little bit because it feels like a classic Apple product. Like it it reminds me of the MacBooks. It does.
0: Yeah. We'll see. I'm into it. We'll see. cool.
1: I am going to get one of these because I'm currently on an 11 Pro that's yeah. four years old. And it, broken in multiple ways. Yes, it's time. <laughs> it's time for a new phone. So yep. I really I really am of the opinion that for most people that have like a 14 or a 13, like probably not really a meaningful upgrade. Unless I'll,
0: you're using it for your video shoots yeah,
1: and you I mean, need aces and Log. The, that's the thing. <laughs> I mean, the video features are really impressive. Um, so, you know, I'm I'm excited about it. I don't think everybody needs to upgrade, but no. I think this is a pretty cool, uh a pretty cool new phone.
0: Yeah, it feels like the consensus is like if you're on a thirteen or newer, we like just wait. It's not mm. like, come on, you don't need to like, spend your money on something else. But if you're like eleven or older, it probably makes sense to do the upgrade. But what if
1: you what if you have a twelve Pro Max? No one's
0: no one said anything about it. I'm just like, how am I supposed to have an opinion if no one tells me what to think?
1: Internet in a nutshell. <laughs> <laughs> So thanks for listening to our podcast today, everyone. <laughs> yep, yep, yep. <laughs>
0: All right, cool, man. We went way over. I started the timer as advertised. Yep. And we are definitely, uh,
1: yeah, we're a little over, as
0: they would say, over.
1: Yep. Which is fine. And we didn't even we didn't even scratch the surface. I mean, we man, didn't damn. talk about the Panasonic event. We didn't talk about the Sony event. We didn't talk about the Black Magic event that's happening two days from now. Yeah, there's so, so much going on. Jeez, like, yeah.
0: what are we gonna do next week? Are we gonna like like we're we gonna dive into Black Magic? Cause I feel like I could do 45 minutes on the Sony Burano.
1: I don't know. It kind of depends on what Blackmagic announces. Because oh, if Blackmagic's like, here's another one of our like video production things that you put in a rack somewhere and does some obscure thing, then like we're not talking about that. Oh, maybe, they, maybe like a little bit. <laughs> if they announce a full frame L mount box camera, we might have to devote multiple episodes yeah, to that. Yeah, we're going
0: to only talk about that <laughs> <laughs> camera of the year 2023.
1: <laughs> so we'll see what happens. Anything's possible. Anything's we, we, possible. We do need to talk about the Burano at some point. I think that's a really interesting camera. Yeah, it super is. So hopefully we'll get to that next week. And then
0: mm-hmm.
1: we probably have to talk about this new Panasonic Micro Four Thirds camera. So.
0: I'm, I'm really into it. I think the G9 Mark II is pretty cool. And it feels like a halfway point. From a GH seven, which is
1: what we all really want. Yeah, yeah, I think you're right. So, I don't know. A lot of interesting stuff ahead. Mm-hmm. Um, but like know, that you, that'll give it that'll give us topics for a year or two of this podcast easily. Are they going to Are they going to release a camera though? I mean, it, are you talking about Panasonic?
0: No, I'm talking about Blackmagic. I, I mean, it seems super vague based upon does. like the, the picture that they released, which just looked like a like a concert or like a worship at a church or something. Mm-hmm. It was a very vague
1: yeah i but i i don't think it's resolve 19 no 18 18.5 just came out it feels too soon for that and i mean i i kind of made that joke but you know they have so much video production gear i mean we use the atem switcher things when we do mm-hmm. live stuff and they've got all kinds of like rack mount video recorders and stuff like that so it could be something like that um i really don't know i i I hope it's a camera because we've heard some rumors around there being a an L-mount camera from Blackmagic. And so, I mean, that's what I'd like to see. I think it'd be cool. I have noticed recently that some of the like Pocket 6K and stuff have been on pretty aggressive sales, mm-hmm. which is uh, which is a little encouraging. Like we saw the the Fuji GFX yep. went on sale, you know, before this event. And so maybe they're clearing some old stock, but we just want to see what happens. I, know.
0: I, want, I want an L-mount Blackmagic like super yeah. duper bad. But I'm going to say that it's not a camera.
1: What do you think it is?
0: I think it's I think it's either software or some sort of hardware that ties into.
1: Yeah. Well, we'll find out. Okay. We'll we'll circle back on that next week and see who is right. Cool. All right. We got to be done, Daniel. That's yeah, it. I think that is it. That's it for the show today. Thanks for joining us, and if you liked it, tell a friend so they can check it out too. You can find out more about the show at www.CameraGearPodcast.com and you can find us on Twitter at CameraGearPod. We'll be back with more next week.